Uh, you know, when you start thinking about prayer, you know, there's lots of preaching on prayer. Uh, I even um, I typed prayer into the book section of Amazon.com, and there were 136,000 entries. So a lot of people writing about prayer. Uh, Google said there were uh, uh, over 100 million web pages about prayer. Uh, so definitely somebody's talking about, thinking about prayer, so that's a good thing. Uh, it's multifaceted, and so i uh, just going to talk to you about prayer, trying to affect uh, your thinking about prayer uh, today and uh, maybe your practice of prayer uh, next week as we talk about these uh, together. You know, as I've uh, been a pastor for over 30 years, and there's some things that you notice uh, about how people talk about, how think of, people think about it, and even how they practice prayer. Uh, three different things that I think you know, I've learned, maybe we've learned together uh, when you look at prayer around the, around the church and around our society. Number one is that we are wired to pray. We are wired to pray. Your creator designed you in a way that prayer would be a natural part of your existence. You know, everybody in the world prays. Everybody, Buddhists pray, Hindus pray, Muslims pray, Jews pray, Christians pray, secular people pray. I think even atheists pray. You know, if they get hurt, somebody hits them in the stomach, they usually say, oh my God. That shouldn't be in their language, should it? Huh? I mean, a lot of secular people use that very phrase. They don't believe necessarily in God, but they love to say stuff like, like that and mention his name. Uh, everybody prays. It's, a, it's in every culture. Now, who they pray to and what we pray about and what we pr who we pray to, all that differs. But what I'm saying is that there's this internal desire that's built in human beings that's different from every other part of creation. You are made in God's image, and that means you have the ability. God wired it in you, in your DNA, uh, to be able to talk to God and a desire to talk uh, to him and him uh, speaking to us. Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, uh, God has made everything beautiful in its time. And one of those beautiful things is that God has also set eternity into the human heart. That means that you have a soul. We just sang about that, right? Then sings my soul. Uh, it means that we have a natural desire in us uh, to reach out to God, to know God, um, realizing that there must be more. There's, uh, there's an eternity to think about. There's a God. Uh, human beings are naturally wired to pray and to seek him. Everybody prays at some point in their life. Another thing that I was thinking about is that uh, we are not very good at prayer. Now, that's not my judgment about you or anybody else, that's your judgment about yourself. I hear you talking. You hear people talking? You ever heard anybody say, I'm a prayer professional? <laughs> no, not ever. I, what I hear is, uh, I don't feel adequate. I don't know how to pray. I don't, uh, I don't know what to pray about. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to feel confident in prayer. I mean, as a matter of fact, if I went around and just randomly picked you out of the crowd and said, I'd like you to come to the platform and say a prayer for us, some of you would be on the ground right there. <laughs> just pass out. Uh, concerned about praying. Um, God does not want us to feel inadequate or unable to, you know, we don't want us to feel like our prayers are second class or they're not as good as somebody else, um, recognizing that he 
that, that's, that's how a lot of us feel. In fact, I've seen that a lot. Um, I noticed that the Apostle Paul, now Paul, we would say is probably the greatest Christian other than Jesus himself, right? I mean, he wrote 13 books of the, of the New Testament. And so um, listen to what he says, Romans 8, 26. He said, we don't even know what we should pray for, nor how we should pray. Now, that's the Bible. That's not just the pastor. That's the guy that wrote half the New Testament. And if Paul said that, and it's okay to admit it, that I need to get better at this, better at knowing how to talk to God, then that's what we're going to do. Think about getting a new grip on prayer and believe, not just believing in prayer. If we, had, we took a little poll, be 100% in here. All of you believe in prayer. But that's not what, what we're talking about. We're talking about putting that into practice, changing our mind, thinking about that. You know, the disciples of Jesus, handpicked by him, uh, to follow him in his ministry, uh, they said they didn't know how to pray. Uh, Luke 1, 11, 1, that first verse on the outline. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, if you were going to ask Jesus for something, I mean, you've been watching him all this time. Heal the sick, raise the dead, turn water into wine, walk on water, do miracles, cast out demons. But not one time do they say, teach us to do miracles. He's a great teacher, greatest preacher ever. Uh, never once did his disciples say, teach us how to, how to preach. But they did say, teach us to pray. Why? Because watching the master, they sensed the power that was behind it. That the power that made Jesus so effective. He prayed constantly. He talked to God in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, in secret, in front of other people, in all kind of different ways. And they realized from his pattern that the power of God was on him through prayer. As they, I mean, if Jesus prayed as much as he prayed, man, do I ever need to pray more? Pray more effectively. As they looked at him, they said, teach us to pray. So Paul said, we don't know what we ought to pray for. Disciples said, teach us to pray. So it's okay to feel a little inadequate in your prayers and have a desire to get a brand new grip on prayer. You know, when you think about um, getting a grip on something, you know, when you're working hard at something or your hand's getting where they're slipping a little bit, maybe you wipe them off real good, get them off, and then get, get that grip in there so you can uh, take a new, uh, go in a new direction there. I remember... We had, um, we had this grandbaby, and so we're all in the room there, and there's like 15 of us in the room there, and every nurse that came in was like, what is happening in here? And I was like, we were, we have a little celebration going on. We are there for several hours, and everybody's, everybody's taking an opportunity, you know. To, um, and I watched those, uh, some of those kids, the, some of the teenagers. Uh, Will was there, and, uh, and uh, he's getting the baby, and how do I hold her? And then he says... Uh, Hold on, I got I to gotta get a good grip on her. Uh, I thought, yeah, you better. You know, so, uh, but that's how it is with prayer. You know, you, you know about it. You, you, it's a part of your life. But how could we get a stronger grip on prayer for it to have the kind of impact on our lives uh, in this year? So what we're, uh, we're going to talk about, Ed, is, is, is how to accomplish that. Now, one more thing that we learned, wired for it, uh, not very good at it. Uh, number three, our frustrations with prayer are caused by misconceptions about prayer. Maybe feeling guilty. God does not want you to feel guilty about prayer or be driven by guilt. God wants to draw you into grace. Now, a couple of things 
what would be some of those misconceptions? Well, one is that prayer is not the magic lamp to bring out the genie. That's sometimes the way people think about it. That um, you know, if they just let's just uh, you know rub the lamp, your genie comes out. Your wish is my command. Um, you know, God's not your genie, and God is not your servant. You are God's servant. Uh, we get that role reversal, uh, and that's messed up. See, God's not your genie. Prayer is not some secret word, some secret thing that we say, knowing the right words or special words somehow. You know, you don't say, abracadabra, I want a new husband. You know, that doesn't work. Uh, he, you know, we recognize that prayer is not just some ritual words that we say it's, that changes things automatically. Prayer is not uh, just a way of putting out fires. Uh, in your life, uh, putting out fires. Um, a lot of people treat prayer that, that way. You know, it's for an emergency or for a crisis. Um, you know, hurricane's coming, we better pray. Got cancer, we better pray. Uh, trouble with the marriage, I got to pray. Whatever it might be happening, almost like prayer is a last resort. Well, prayer is not the last resort, it's the first choice uh, that we make. Before you, before you make that purchase, we pray. Uh, before uh, you uh, accept that job, before you go on that date, or before you make that choice, uh, pray. Not as the last resort, but in every area of your life. Uh, prayer is not just putting out fires. Prayer is not uh, a tug of war with God. Uh, tug of war with God. A lot of people, I think, feel that prayer is like that. Um, that God really doesn't want to answer your prayers. Uh, he doesn't even really want to listen. But if I badger him, pester him, if I say, God, please, please, double please, maybe he will. But prayer is not a tug of war with God. That's not the way the Bible teaches it at all. God wants to answer your prayers. Um, you know, he's not looking for us just to beg and plead and, and bargain. You know, if I say it 92 times, maybe he'll come through or a bargain with God. Heard a lot of guys that would say, okay, God, if you do this, then I'll do that. You know, I'll straighten myself out uh, trying to make some kind of, you know, you don't bribe him with some kind of sales pitch or pestering him. Uh, Jesus talks about it uh, in the scripture. He tells us what God is like, but what he's also not like. He's not like that judge that is um, gonna, that we're going to be able just to pester. He, he wants you to know that prayer uh, is not like a genie, not just putting out fires, not a tug of war. It's definitely not a duty or a ritual to get relief from my guilt. Maybe, maybe you grew up like that, you know, just certain prayers and certain words. Um, you know, but that's not, the way, that's not the way the Bible teaches it. You know, you don't, uh, you don't see any of us around here. You know, I didn't... Uh, I don't have my pastoral prayer all kind of written out. Uh, and decide, you know, I, uh, We're just talking to God. We're just talking to God like we would talk to each other, opening our heart to him. It's not some kind of ritual with the right words. Jesus said it in the Sermon on the Mount. Don't get wrapped up in just meaningless uh, repetition. And if you're not going to believe Jesus, who are you going to believe? He says when you pray, you're not supposed to say something, saying things over and over again. He's talking about uh, getting a new grip on prayer, this incredible power, this, in, this amazing, supernatural work, life-changing experience, wrestling when prayer with God. We are called to be people of prayer. So what am I trying to do today? Uh, change your mind. Affect your thinking about prayer, uh, your practice, what you believe, what could be different in your life if you thought about and practiced prayer in a little different way. So today we're talking about kind of affecting our thinking, and next week we'll talk some more about practice. Now there's this legend about uh, Vince Lombardi, who is a coach for the Green Bay Packers. Um, 
you know, he, they would say that at the beginning of the season, he would bring all of the players out on the field, and he would hold up this little leather oblong thing and say, gentlemen, this is a football. That's pretty basic for practice for professional athletes. Um, but that's sort of what we're saying here. We recognize that we've thought a lot about prayer. Maybe you've read about prayer. You certainly practice prayer. But uh, what is it that God wants us to, to how, do, how do we think about it? How do we not get caught up in these misconceptions and have some foundation? So to help us, to help you get a new grip on prayer, looking at some foundational truths. So we'll look at four different ones. So the Bible teaches about prayer that, number one, God loves for me to talk to him. God loves for me to talk to him. God loves for me to talk to him about anything. I mean, it doesn't have to be something spiritual. It doesn't have to be something religious. It's whatever I'm interested in, whatever you're interested in, God is interested in it also. How's that possible, you say? Well, I know that whatever you're interested in, God is interested in, and he wants to talk to you about it. How do I know that? Well, first of all, he loves you. God loves you. You wouldn't even exist if God didn't love you and create you to be loved by him. It's one of the reasons that you're alive. When you love somebody, you're interested in what they're interested in. It's good marriage counseling right there. Be interested. There's a lot of things that you're interested in. Um, you know, there's a lot of things I'm interested in because my wife is interested in it. You know, that's, that's just part of it, right? I don't just do everything I want to do. I do what I, I listen to what she has to say. I'm interested in knowing about her because I love her. God loves you. You know, where do you think you got all those interests that you have? You got them from God. You know, God has put those interests. You notice that? That we're all different and we all have these things that are interesting to us. I mean, some people can, can do these things and have those skills and other people have other skills. Now, how, did, how did you become like that? God made you that way. He put the interest that you have in you. That's why you like what you like and what you do. And if he, didn't, if he put those interests in you, then he's interested in them, right? We talk to him about them. The reason that you do that is because he shaped you and he created you and he's interested in what, whether you're interested in it. He's interested in what his children are interested in. He's our father. The Bible calls our father our heavenly father. And so he's interested in what his kids are interested in. So God wants you to talk about that. Look at some verses here. Psalm 103 verse 13. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who reverence him. That means that he wants to spend time with us. God is a father who is tender and compassionate. He's intimately interested in everything that interests you. Amen? Some of you don't believe me, I'm sure. But he's interested in you. And he's not just interested in your spiritual condition. He certainly is interested in that. But he cares about you. He created you. You know, uh, you know when, we, when we had our kids... You know, I loved them before they could talk. I love that grandbaby. She hasn't said anything. She just, you know, got that little look on her face, you know. <laughs> Am I loving her because she's learned to speak and can, no, she's, we, we love her even when she's first, they're first learning, they're first, you know, you don't have to be this prayer professional. Just talk to God. You know what, it, didn't it bother you? One of the things that bothers us as parents is when our kids get to that stage where they don't want to talk to us. It's frustrating, isn't it? Because we want to hear their heart. 
they're our child. We're interested. Uh, I, I, I got adult children, and I'm sitting with them. We're sitting in waiting rooms for hours, you know, and uh, I get over there, and I say, okay, what's, what's happening? You know, oh, everything's fine. I said, I don't care about that. You know, you can say that to anybody you want. I'm your daddy. Talk to me. What's happening? Uh, you know, that's, that's the way God is. Talk to me. Tell me what's happening. I love you. I want to have a, a, a strong relationship. That's the way it is with God. So, uh, you know, when you're learning to pray, you uh, just talk to him in conversation, uh, recognizing that he longs to hear what's in your heart. So when you talk to God, nothing's off limits. Um, Talk to him about anything, about hurt, about brokenness, about sickness, about any of the needs that you have. Look at this verse, John 5, first, excuse me, 1 John 5, 14 and 15. We can be confident in approaching God, knowing that he listens to us. Whenever we ask him for anything according to his will, and since we know that he hears us when we make our request, then we can be sure that he will answer us. Oh, I love that. Two different line, uh, phrases underlined there. Knowing that he listens to us, we know that he, he hears us. God always hears you no matter what you say, no matter what you pray. Uh, you can think it in your mind. You can say it out loud. God listens to you. God hears you because it says that we can be confident in approaching God. We can be sure that he will answer. We can have confidence. In, we can pray without fear. We can pray without shame. We can pray without hesitation. You're, you can pray with no embarrassment. There's nothing that you can say that God is going to stop loving you. There's nothing that will embarrass him. It might embarrass you, but it won't embarrass him. There's nothing that will cause shame or fear because God loves for you to talk to him. It's a principle of prayer. You know, prayer is, say a lot of different things about prayer, but let's say this. Prayer is conversation, not ceremony. Prayer is conversation, not ceremony. You know what ceremony is? Ceremony is when you have a bunch of rules or guidelines or regulations and you have to do it in a certain way or it doesn't work. Um, you know, that's not the way prayer... Prayer is not a ceremony that we're having. Prayer is not just, okay, i got to do it in just the right way and say the right words at the right time or it doesn't count. <laughs> There's no just the right, right way to pray. Prayer is not ceremony. Prayer is conversation. It means that you talk. It means that you listen. I mean, one of the reasons you get maybe bored in prayer is that you're doing all the talking and not doing any of the listening. God says he wants us to hear every day. Pray, God, is there something you want to say to me? You know, I want to hear from God. I'm going to read his word. What is this word saying to me? Sometimes you have an impression or sometimes uh, he speaks to you in some certain way and sometimes you get nothing. Like sometimes it's like, just, just go get to work, boy. <laughs> he didn't always speak, but he wants me to be listening, listening for his voice. So prayer is conversation, not ceremony. Also, prayer is relationship, not ritual. Prayer is relationship, uh, not ritual. It's all about getting close to God. God's not interested in causing you to feel guilty about prayer. He wants to talk to you. He loves for you to listen to him. Guilt has nothing to do with it. It's not duty. It's privilege. Privilege. I get to talk to the creator of the universe. I get to talk and to, to hear from 
The God who created everything created me and created you. What an amazing truth. It's not only the amazing that he wants to listen to you, but that he's interested in what you're interested in. I really love that. Um, he's, you know, he wants you to tell him what's on your heart, what's going on. Nothing's off limits because God loves you. God is interested. It's a, it's a principle of prayer. God loves for you to talk to him. Number two. Second principle that can help us to deepen our perspective on prayer is God listens to prayers that are sincere and simple. I like this one because I'm a pretty simple prayer. <laughs> you know, what you see is what you get. You ever met these people that love real flowery language? You know, you got all these fancy phrases. Uh, you know, that's, the condition is be sincere. Be genuine in talking to God. Be real. Be honest. Uh, you pray about what you feel like praying about, what's in your heart, what's going on inside of you. Uh, that's what you pray about. It's simple and sincere. You don't get up and start addressing God. Oh, thou great potentate of the universe, whom thou wonderfully bestows us all manners of beseech blessings. For... <laughs> God's going, What? You're going to speak 200-year-old English? He said, I'm not English. I'm not from England. I know every language. He admitted it all. So you just come to God and say, hey, God. You know, sometimes the simplest prayer is the most powerful prayer. When you get all wrapped up in cliches and rituals, or I suppose to say this or that, um, you know, we... My children used to hate it when we prayed too long at, at mealtime, you know. Once in a while, I'll get carried away. So they don't, uh, No, man, they just want short prayers, time to eat. You know, thank God for the food and thank for friends and family. And, uh, you know, let's eat the tacos, whatever, you know. So uh, we be, we're thankful. God likes prayer a whole lot better when it's sincere and simple rather than some some big way that we're trying to uh, to say something that's really not in our heart. It doesn't have to be super spiritual. God listens. Um, this is what's happening. God, I need your help with me. I mean, if, you, uh, if you don't believe that, just, just read the Psalms. I mean, you just hear, I mean, about a third of the Psalms are, are called laments. Lament means complaining. That's what he's doing. He's complaining to God about this and about that and what's happening. But the thing you know when you read the Psalms is it's genuine. It's coming from his heart. That's what God desires for you. I, I love, um, I pray a lot of times for people. I mean, it happens every, every service that I'm here. Uh, happened, uh, happened several times this morning, three before the first service and twice in between the two services. Somebody came up to me and said, would you pray for, and they gave me this, you know, they gave me 10 seconds of what's going on, what's happening there. And I put my arm around them and I said, okay, let's pray right now. Uh, God the surgery's coming uh, tomorrow. Uh, pray that you'd be with them. Help that doctor to be awake and alert and sharp and make no mistakes. And I pray that the surgery would be healing for her. Amen. Think God heard that? Absolutely. You know, sometimes shorter is better. Sometimes, you know, we think louder it might be better. Not necessarily. Recognizing that it's, it's what's in your heart. Uh, the prayer that we pray for each other. Jesus talked about that. Uh, he said, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues or on a street corner to be seen by many. That's uh, like show-off praying. I tell you the truth, they receive their reward in full. Instead, when you pray, go to your room, uh, close the door, 
and pray to your Father who is, in, who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep babbling on like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So he's not really worried about all the words that you put together. You know, we, we want to tell him what's in our heart, but it's coming out of the genuineness, the simplicity uh, of my heart. So we're not spouting off cliches. We're seeking to be sincere, full of faith. Hebrews 10.22 catches it perfectly. Let us come near to God with a sincere heart and a sure faith. That's the qualifications for prayer. Sincerity, simplicity, sincere heart, sure faith, come to God with confidence, not afraid of him, not embarrassed, not hesitant, not ashamed. He's a loving father who listens to us talk to him, he li- who loves to listen to us. Uh, so we come to him with faith and in great confidence. So two things so far. He loves to hear you talk to him. Number two, he wants you to pray with sincerity and faith. Number three, Three is that God likes to show his grace by answering prayer. God likes to show his grace by answering prayer. We sang it. God is a good God. He's a good, good father. He's a gracious father. He's compassionate. He's loving. God loves to answer prayer because he gets to show you what he's like, who he is. You know, everything in the world, everything in the world, including everything about you, came from the generosity of God. Everything. He loves you. When you pray and you seek him and you ask for him something, ask for something in prayer, you make a request, it gives God an opportunity to show us what he's really like. God loves us to have requests. You, you read the Bible and you pick that up. Over and over in the New Testament, we're commanded commanded. Ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. He says, you have not because you ask not. If you ask anything in my name, over and over again, if you're a child of God, you are not only encouraged, you're not just a suggestion, you're commanded to ask God for things. Why? He gets to show how good he is. He gets to show how gracious he is. He gets to show how loving he is. He gets to show his generosity. And with every answer that God gives to you in prayer, it shows and reminds you he's a good, good father. I don't know what you're praying about today, but you got some stuff in your history that should remind you God's been good. He was there, and he was there, and you can go back. I go when I was nine, and when I was thirteen, and uh, how God moved in my life, and how He called, and how He's healed, how He's made such a difference. And uh, sometimes when it didn't go like I thought it should go, but I can still look back and say that was the hand of God right there. God answers prayer. He's a good father. I mean, you know any parents in the whole world that give every child what they want? Good luck with that one. I mean, there are lots of reasons that parents don't give kids everything that they want. And there are dozens of reasons that God doesn't give us everything they want. You know, sometimes God says no. And he says no for our protection. Sometimes God says no for direction that he wants us to go. Sometimes God says no for correction about what's happening in our life. Or uh, sometimes God says no for our uh, perfection, which means the transformation of our character. Sometimes God says no because of inspection. He looks inside of us and helps us to see what we couldn't see before. 
You know, a child that got everything they asked for would be a spoiled, rotten brat. He doesn't want you to be that. He loves you way too much to say yes to everything. God is not a, a vending machine that you just kind of put a prayer in and pull out what you want. You know, vending machines will give you bad stuff. You have to watch it. So God doesn't say, I don't answer your prayers. He answers every prayer. When you pray, uh, you know, I, I decide there's four possible answers uh, from God. Yes. No, not yet. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> you ever have that one? There's no no or yet or any of that stuff. It's just like, what is wrong with you? you get your head right and your heart right here. Uh, no, he answers every, every prayer. Uh, he wants you to know that he hears and understands and is willing to hear what you say. Jeremiah 33 3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you. I will show you marvelous and wondrous things that you could never figure out on your own. That's the message. I love that translation. You could never figure out on your own. Sometimes God's answer is the bigger picture, is a bigger perspective. Sometimes you ask God for something, he goes, you have no idea what you're asking for. That's not really what you want. I know what you want far more than you know what you want. You won't be happy. Uh, you, you think that will make you happy, but it won't. I'm going to give you better. Call to me and I will answer you. And my answer will not be yes, but I will help you figure out things that you could not figure out on your own. Bigger perspective. And you say, I'm so glad. Matthew 7, 11, uh, Jesus said, If you, being imperfect and sinful parents, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? It's kind of obvious. God's perfect Father, and he is generous, and he recognizes as we ask him, he offers to us. So we got these foundational kind of pillars of things that we're thinking about. Now, what are you praying about? What are you talking to God about these days? What new grip do you need to get? You know, one way to, to get a new grip on prayer is to reevaluate what you're praying about. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that next time, some more practical ways. But thinking about that, what are you praying about? For yourself, personal needs, uh, requests, people, situations in your life. Uh, who's who's going to get saved this year that might not get saved if you don't pray for them? And if you don't pray that something happens in that family member or that friend's life and their relationship with God, praying for the church, praying for our services, praying for the staff, praying for what goes on in kids' zone. You know, I'm expecting uh, so many kids to find Christ this year uh, because of what's happening in kids' zone. I'm so excited about what is happening in the discipling going on in our youth group or, or man church, what's taking place there, or what's going to be going on with our women. You know, we're praying about those things, right? We're asking God to move and to be working in them or working in the things that are happening in our nation and keeping us out of trouble and praying for our cities and our country around us. You know, you've got to be ready. And I'm so glad, so glad the other day that I was ready. It was, you know, this baby was due on January the 31st. So, you know, you got, you got five weeks and, you know, everything's all right. So uh, at Christmas... Um, she went to the specialist, and the specialist says, you're never going to make it. Baby's got this and that. And so we are taking the baby on the 37th week. So they said, January the 10th. Okay. We got, that's nice to have a date, isn't it? Kind of relax. 
it's everything. We're going to have a date. We're going to be there. Uh, so we came home for Christmas, and I was here and uh, anticipating going uh, what would have been this week. So Thursday, a week ago, on the 4th, in my office, had meetings all day, meeting with somebody. Actually, my phone was blowing up because I wasn't paying attention to it. And so 4.30, 4.40 in there, just before 5, I looked at it, and she's saying, my daughter is saying, we're going to the hospital in just a little while. We're going to have the baby now. Uh, so the doctor had seen some things, and she was having problems. And so uh, 8 o'clock, she's at the hospital, and they're starting to induce. So uh, Kim's in South Carolina, and the kids are in Chicago, and I'm in Pekin. So it's like, okay, what are we going to do? So, you know, she's flying from there, and he's, they're flying from over here. And, I, you know, it's, it's 6.30, and I said, no flights now. I'm getting in the car, and I'm going. So I got in my car, and I took off. I didn't even have everything figured out, but I thought my phone works fine. I figured it out down the road. So I put it on cruise, going fast as I could get away with, and took off. <laughs> So I took care of a bunch of stuff and thinking about things. And then about about an hour went by, and it's just me and God. And he says, "Um, you know, you're ready for this. I I wasn't thinking that, but he was reminding me. You know, I'm I'm not just starting prayer school. Been praying a long time. But I am so glad I was ready for something as hard as that was. I mean, it was hard. You know, we thought, I was really afraid we were going to lose the baby. Just the way the, everything went. I told that story a little bit at Man Church. Um, and then they told us that um, faith was not out of the woods either. Um, when we went home at midnight on Friday night, um, they said, we'll just see you in the morning. And um, I don't, I don't think she was quite as bad as she had been maybe a couple hours before. But, man, that, there's a lot of praying going on. You know, we're not talking. We're not watching the ball game. We're not doing any of that stuff. This whole crowd, all believers, all 14 of us sitting in there. And I just, I just say, okay, we've got to pray again. Come on. And I just have them all up in the circle because I just felt like, you know, we've got to continue to pray about this because, you know, I knew that something really difficult was happening. I'm so glad that I know what prayer is about. That's what you have to do. You have to be ready to pray. And so you pray every day, growing closer to him, growing in your relationship with God, growing as a person of prayer. You know, I don't know where you are in prayer, but you need to be strong sometime this year. Things are going to happen, and God is going to be depending on you. So I knew I wasn't there just as grandpa. I was to remind that crowd, we're going to pray this through. My wife, I don't know if she's in there or not. I have to check sometimes to see. <laughs> she comes up. I mean, we're, it, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's been going on, and we knew things were not right. And um, these mamas are really having trouble, like his mama, Kim. Um, so she comes to me, and she says, I need to go talk to her. I said, who? She said, Faith, I need to go talk to her. I said, now? They're not going to let you back there. And so she's just wandering around and pretty soon I saw her walking that labor and delivery door is down there and we're sitting back there and I'm watching she didn't say anything to anybody she's just strolling along in that little road thing she's got you know? so I saw her and she looked around and she just pushed that door open and walked right on through there 
she texts me, where do you think she is? I said, well, they said 320. Good. So she, I knew she was gone. So I didn't see her for two hours. All this time, and we knew what was, what was going on there. So she, she makes her way there, and she's standing there with her hands on the wall. I didn't see her, but she's in, and so the nurse says, um, what are you doing? She said, uh, praying for my girls. And the lady said, well, why don't you just sit down right there? So she sat right there by the door, put her hands on that wall, and I'm telling you, God saved them because of a prayer, a bunch of us, but definitely the prayers of a mama. See, you got to be ready for that. You don't become a warrior just because you got in the war. You become a warrior, and then you get ready for the war, and you're ready. A couple hours later, baby's born at 7.54, 8.02. Here she comes. <laughs> and I've been sitting over there watching. You know, if you watch the door, it might open earlier. You know, if you just kind of just zone in. So I'm, just, I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, here she comes. And she looks like somebody that just slew the lion, man. <laughs> She walks up and real quietly because she wasn't trying to steal any thunder from the daddy and all that. She just said, the baby's here. And it just tore me up. What a, what a war. Prayer. Prayer makes up. Prayer can be life or death. you got to be prepared to pray. It's not just something nice you do because you're a Christian. You're growing and you're learning to be this man of prayer, to be this woman of prayer because you got to show up there can't just wait and hope. Will he hear your prayers? Sure he will. But I'm telling you what, when you, when you need to be that prayer warrior, God will teach you to do that, to show you how to accomplish that. And I got one more thing. Not only the um, thinking about getting a grip on there and what you're praying about, the last one is that God longs to be close to me. God longs to be close to me. I think that's, that's amazing. He desires it. He wants it deeply. He wants to be close to you. And if you want to be a person of prayer, get closer to God. Amen. Get closer to God through prayer. If you're you know, away from somebody that um, you haven't been around lately and you see them, you're just uh, such love for them. You want to be connected to each other. God is giving us the privilege of being close to him. He's got a 24-hour open sign. He's never offline. He's with us every moment, every second of the day. Look at this verse, Isaiah 30, 18. This is a great memory verse if you want a verse to memorize about this. The Lord waits for you to come to him so he can show you his love and compassion. The Lord waits for you. Did you know that every day that you go without praying or reading your Bible or spending time with God, that God is waiting on you? You're made for that. You're made to have a relationship with him. You're made to be in fellowship with God. The Lord waits for you to come to him so he can show you his love and compassion. That's why he created you to begin with, so that you could have a love relationship uh, with him. There's so many people that are in the Bible that are these people that had close relationships with God. One I noticed was how God speaks through Hosea. Listen to this. Hosea 6.6. 6. I don't want your sacrifices. I want your love. I don't want your offerings. I want you to know me. 
He's saying all of this stuff we do, uh, spiritual things that we do, they're all important, but they come out of this close, warm, loving relationship with God. God wants you to love him. God wants you to talk to him. God wants to be in relationship with you. You were formed to have friendship with God. And if you miss that, you miss your purpose. You, he wants you to know friendship with God is reserved for those who reverence him. With them, he shares the secrets of his covenant. James 4, 8, draw close to God and he will draw close to you. That's his desire. His longing for you. So how do you get closer to God? First of all, you want it. You have a desire for it. You know, if you're going to change the way your prayer life is affecting you and the people around us, you've got to have a heart for it. You've got to have a, a hunger and a thirst for it. You've got to have a desire for it because just listening to this sermon won't get it done because Tuesday you'll be back in the same routine. But if you change your mind, if you remember that God wants to talk to you, to do it with sincerity and with faith, that he wants to love you and to, be, to help you to, uh, to see his answered prayer and be close uh, to him. That's his desire uh, for all of us. So we're going to uh, take communion together. I'm going to use this time of communion uh, to help us draw near to him. Would you come? If you're uh, serving communion today, uh, Pastor Irene is going to serve our table and help us. Now, what I want you to do is to think about having... Uh, Letting God just warm your heart. Just warm your heart. You know, this is not about just uh, an intellectual thought or changing our mind only. It's about a move of our heart. Because I know if God will touch your heart this morning, that will change you. That will affect your thinking about prayer as you open your, your heart to him. So uh, as they're getting the trays together there, let's say a prayer for the elements, but also a prayer that God would warm our hearts. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your sweet spirit in this place. Thank you for the way that you have moved on us. Pray for your spirit to encourage us. Lord, bless these elements, this little cup of juice and this bread. And as we eat together in just a few minutes, warm our hearts. Help us to not only have knowledge about prayer, but move us, Lord. Deepen us. Draw us close to you. In Jesus' name, please serve us. song. Just sing it. We are standing on holy ground. And I
lift it to him. Sing it from your heart, from your soul. We are standing on holy ground, and I know that there are angels all around. Sing it out. here, tell him that you love him. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, oh, my soul, rejoice. Sing that again. we would pray together. I'll pray and then have you repeat after me. Uh, Let's say a simple, sincere prayer to God as we decide uh, to be close to him and to pray. Pray with me. Father, I love you. I need you. Draw close to me. Warm my heart. Help me to set my mind on you. Teach me to pray. Teach me to listen. Thank you for listening to me. I give myself to you today. Thanks for all that you have done. 
for me, in me, and through me. I love you, Jesus. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and broke it. Said to his disciples and to us, eat this bread as a regular reminder of the love that I have for you, that I'm showing you through this broken body on the cross. Today, let's draw near as we eat together, thinking and remembering Jesus. Jesus took the cup, invited his disciples and us to come near with sincere faith and simple uncomplicated devotion to drink today in remembrance of God's amazing love shown us through a demonstration of shed blood on a cross for your sins my sins the sins truly of the whole world let's draw near as we drink together thanking our Lord Jesus He touched me, oh, he touched me, and oh, the joy that floods my soul. his name. You be seated. 